Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. That we see and glory to God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, the great teacher that's here. And Lord, we pray that we'll be able to communicate out of our heart that which you want. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, he starts off, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, for the, <clears throat> by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now the Amplified uh, says this, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies. Notice your decision, yeah. right? This is not left up to God. What he's asking us and telling us is our decision. He said, make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So, you know, we just had, a, we just had worship Praise God, but the Bible says you uh, keeping your body under control, presenting it wholly to God, all your faculties. He says that's spiritual worship too. That's worshiping Him. And you're the one who has to make that decision. You don't leave that up to God. You make that decision, okay? Now, verse 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world. Does God want us to be like the world? Huh? No. no. Okay. He said, don't be conformed like him, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this morning as I was getting prepared for that, I was going to teach on how to renew your mind. But then I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to show what the importance of renewing your mind is. Why is that so important? Why is it so important that we do not become like the world? Because there is a reason. It's not just so you cannot have fun. And, all, and for your information, I've found that being a Christian is fun. Full of life. I've had more fun being a Christian than I was ever in the world. Amen. But I really felt like I wanted to show you from the Word and, these, and there may be more reasons, but I'm going to give you three reasons why it's so important that you learn to live a godly life and that you present your body wholly unto the, uh, to the Lord, okay? There, and like I say, I get already, you know, there, there are some other reasons, but these are the three biggies to me. So <clears throat> mind renewal, what he's talking about renewing your mind is being a doer of the word, so if you're not, you can, mind renewal is not coming in here. It's not. There's more that's got to be applied to it. And that's where, you know, James, he starts talking that if you think just coming and hearing but never applying it, he says, you're self-deceived. And there's a lot of self-deceived Christians. Amen. Because they wonder why things have not changed, why things have not gotten better. Because I go to church. 
You know, I, I do the worship, I do everything, but why is things not that? Well, there's more to it. Much more to it. Amen. And that's why you come, you learn. And then you put it to, to practice. Jesus did not preach, now listen to me, Jesus did not preach love and acceptance. He didn't preach that. And we have a culture right now that is trying to push that on us. Our so, our, uh, the socialism that is here, especially in America, but it's all over the world. But we have a, we have, um, a socialism that is the social behavior, beliefs, and the thoughts of the world is trying to, be, is trying to mold us. And it's, and it's trying to mold the church to be, to, that we would be accepted of whatever feels good, do it. I was watching, um, it, was, it was on social media. It was, I think it was, I was in my Twitter account and going through it. And there's this uh, screenshot or this video that caught my eye. And I started listening to it. And there was these two guys who, if you didn't know, if you didn't hear them, you, they looked like beautiful women. And so they're talking. And, I, and understand, I'm not coming at against them. But the, this is the culture we're living in. And it's trying to be pushed over on us that it's okay. And so, but the, what really got my attention was at the very end, the one asked the other, how do you think the pushback is now in our, uh, at this time? And he said, and it was all about pronouns. You know, they're gender neutral pronouns, you, you know, they don't want you calling he or she anymore and all this. And he said, um, it's really gotten quite, gotten quiet because of the, because of all the pressure that we have st- stayed upon everyone. You know, the, the media, the uh, social media, uh, the cancel culture, cancel you know, if you if you don't agree with us, then we're gonna we're gonna come out and, and, and tell people not to buy from you. And so all of this is has come into our, our uh, culture, into our um, society. He they said it's really quieted down now that they're not getting so much pushback. And that's true. It really is because who wants who wants everyone coming against you? For standing up for what's right. Are you here? And I'm not, I'm not going to try to preach on that or anything. But I wanted you to realize why is it so important that we keep the word of God the standard. And live by that. When it seems like everything, everyone else right now is trying to get us to accept everything as being okay. Okay? Jesus didn't preach uh, love and acceptance. He preached love and repentance. And now I, say, I know that sounds real religious to say, well, you know, God just loves everyone, accepts everyone, but he doesn't. He doesn't accept everyone. He doesn't accept everything. And it's just not, not going to be that way. Never going to be that way. But it sounds real. It sounds, you know, like a loving God. Are you here? So... 
I want to show you why is, it, why is it so important that we stand for what is right, believe what is right, and not let the culture change us. Are you here? I, I, you know, you, you still have your right to believe what you want to believe. But, you know, uh, we as the pastors, we're going to stick with the word all the way. Whether it's popular or unpopular. Whether you amen it or don't amen it. Amen. Because we got to give an account to God. Are you here? And, 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 it's, and I understand, too, how it's become so, uh, you know, because everyone has all of these issues so close to you. With family, friends, workers. And so it's not a very popular thing to want to stand out and say, no, it's wrong. So, but I want to show you why, why we don't want to get involved in it. We don't want, to, we don't want to, to bow to that. We don't want to be conformed to that. Number one, okay, the, is there are carnal Christians. 1 Corinthians 3, 1, I'll show you what I mean here in a minute. <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are, for you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and division, are not you carnal and walk as men, amplifies walks as mere men. So <clears throat> let's, let's identify something. All Christians, we are Christians, but all Christians are not spiritual, and if you're not spiritual, you're called carnal. That means you're living like the world. You mean you can be a Christian and live like the world? Absolutely. And that's hard to, and that's hard to uh, you know, discern sometimes for people to get a hold of because they're going to think, they say, well, they're not saved. Well, that's not necessarily true. They may be a carnal Christian where they're not living according to the standards and the world and living according to the, the uh, spirit. And this is why he calls them carnal. Amen. And uh, let's look at a couple more scriptures. So notice he says, there's strife, division among you. He said, that's a, that's a sign of a carnal Christian. Argumentative. Always, everywhere you go, there's division. Everywhere you go, there's strife being stirred up. Can't get along with people. See, it's not just sexual things. All right? There's other things that define us. James 3, 14, 16 says, But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, said, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't care if you amen me today. I'm not trying to get amen. I'm just telling you what the word says. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. So this is why we don't want to be carnal. If you want to be carnal, go ahead. You could, you'll probably make heaven. But you'll have hell on earth. All right? You'll have, you're going to invite a lot of things, have a lot of troubles that you're not supposed to invite in and have. This is why we, don't, this is why we want to walk in love. 
This is why we want to get along with others. This is why it doesn't mean you have to compromise your, your beliefs and so forth. But he says if you're going to allow envy in and strife in, he says you're going to also have confusion and you're going to have war, evil workings in your home. That means there's going to be stuff invited in. I don't, I, you know, people say, well, we just have the devils in our house. Well, how do you, why, is he, why does he feel like he can come in your house? Why does he feel like he's invited in your home? There's something that's given him an invite. Are you here? Something's inviting him in. You're doing something that he feels like he's welcome. He can come in and party with you. You, have to, you, you, you don't want that. Amen. He don't play fair. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he cheats. <laughs> Romans 8, 6 and 7 says, For to be carnally minded, here's another thing, minded, so he's talking about your thinking. You're thinking that this is okay, this is accepted now, this is everyone's, uh, you know, uh, okay with this. To be carnally minded is death. I mean, it's not talking about you actually dying. It's talking about being separated from God, his ways, his thoughts. Yes. Well, if you want to be separated from that, then you're separating yourself from the blessing too. Yeah. There it is. And, the, and the being led of the Holy Ghost. But to be spiritually minded, everyone say spiritually minded. Spiritually. That means thinking God's way, thinking God's words, is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is into me, into enmity against God or is in opposition against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. He's talking to Christians. This is not talking to an unbeliever. He's talking to Christians that are called carnally minded. And he says if you're going to be carnally minded, that means you're going to be, you're going to be worldly minded. And we know who the God of this world is. That was on your first page. I didn't read it, but 2 Corinthians 4, 3, 1 says that the Satan is the God of this world. He's the one who's molding. He's the one who's creating all this change in our culture. And it's taken a long time. But one thing he is, he's patient. And he's persevering. And he doesn't quit. Amen? He just, he just keeps keeping the pressure on little by little. Until we, just, until we start being conformed. Well, the church can't be conformed. Because if we, if we stay carnally minded, then we're, then we're opposing God, not being in one with him. I, now understand, I'm telling you, a carnal Christian is what he is. He is a Christian. He's saved. All right? He's a brother, a sister in the Lord. But he is considered carnal. And there's going to be repercussions from that. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Everyone say, God is not mocked. Is not mocked. Now you need to read that whole chapter. Go up there and read it. Because there's, God has put in spiritual laws into, in the works of our, our creation and it's not him, it's us. We choose whether to go along with those laws. He says, I, I place before you life and death. Choose. And he says, choose life. 
That's like gravity. Gravity is a law. And it's going to work. And he said, and if you dis, and if you don't work and cooperate with it, it can be very detrimental to you. Right? Right. You try to fly off a building and you don't have the right, you know, wings. Well, it could hurt you very badly. Probably would. Well, it wasn't God that did it. And it, was, it wasn't gravity that did it, but it played a part in it. It was you didn't cooperate with the law. So there are spiritual laws. And he says, God will not be mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. So if you're going to sin, if you're going to yield to the sin nature, you're going to yield to lust, you're going to yield to the wrong thinking, then he says you're going to have, it's going, it's going to happen, it's going to come back into your life, you're going to reap it, you're going to have corruption. It's like rust. Rust can be on your car, and you know, and by the time you see it, it's been, it's been working all this time, corroding underneath it. And then you put your finger up, and you, and you go all the way through the body. Well, it just, it just was now seen, but it had been working all this time. It's the same way if you yield to the flesh, you continue so to the flesh. You think you're good. You think everything's okay. God loves me. God doesn't care. You know, I, and everything's still working. But it says there's corruption working. Yeah. It's working. And you keep sowing to it. He said there's going to be a harvest day. Are you here? I'm just telling you why we don't want to be conformed to the world. I'm telling you why we want to abstain from sin and abstain from the things of this world. Because why? Because it will eventually cost you. It always does. It'll cost, it can cost uh, personally, it can cost a church, it'll cost whatever. But if we do not honor the word of God and honor God's ways, eventually you're gonna, it's going to happen. He says he'll not be mocked. And it's not him doing it. It's a law, a spiritual law that's put in place. Whatsoever man soweth, he's going to reap. Are you here? The second one gives the devil place. So why do you not want to do, if it feels good, do it? Well, I'm going to show you right here. Because you're giving the devil place. And, we're, and again, we're talking to Christians. I'm not talking to the unbeliever. I'm talking to us. Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of heart. So why can't they reach out to God? Why can't the world just reach out to God? Because when he says Gentiles, he's talking about the unbeliever. Why are they not? Because their heart is blinded. It's not that God is not there for them. It's not that, that what he's provided is not there for them. But because their heart has been hardened and it's blinded, they're unable to see what God has provided. It's a spiritual battle. It really is. I mean, that's why we pray for the lost, pray for our loved one, that the blinders be off of their eyes in Jesus' name. 
Okay? But it can still happen to a Christian too. He says, don't walk like the Gentiles walk. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't get involved what they're involved in. Don't, don't, you know, don't change your ways and your thinking because it's popular and it's easy. Why? Because it'll eventually affect your heart. And if it affects your heart, what happens? Then you're not going to be, it's going to dull you. You're going to get dulled to the things of God, to the Spirit of God. He says, verse 19, who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. Lasciviousness basically is, feels good, do it. Why God wouldn't put it here if we weren't supposed to enjoy it. Right? Right? Everyone's sleeping around. It's okay. Well, it's getting that way in the church. It's not okay. Will you go to hell for it? Probably not. If you're an unbeliever, then you would. Well, not really. The only reason, if you've not been coming on Wednesdays, you need to go back. The only reason that a person is going to die and be judged and go to hell is because they didn't receive Jesus Christ. That's the only reason. Not sins, sin, rejecting him. Amen. So that, that alone is not going to send you to hell. Like any other lion or any other sin. It's not going to send you to hell. But it's going to cost you. It'll cost you if you, you, you go ahead and do it. Who being in past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work on cleanness and greediness. But you, everyone say me, we have not so learned Christ, if so be that we have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off, stop doing, it's another way of saying it. Put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful law. You know, well, if, I, if, it, if, I, if it's bad, then why is it there, there's that impulse in me to want to do it? And if I want to do it, then I guess God created me that way. Wrong. Wrong. And wrong. But the devil will be right there and preach that to you and try to explain these things to you and reason it out that there's either something mightily wrong with you or God created you so different from everyone else so you could be you and, and lead this revolution. No, it's lust. That's all it is, flesh. That's all it is, flesh, lust. Every one of you, every one of us, even Paul and Carolyn, who we would probably consider the most holy ones in here, they got lust. There's, there's wrong desires that can creep up and come. Because you ain't, just because you became born again, you still have it. 
And you're supposed to deal with it now. Because why? Because you have the greater one living on the inside of you. And you're not under the dominion any longer of the flesh. And the only way that it has power over you, if you give it that power. That's the only way. You're supposed to give yourself now to Christ. And that power that emanates from him will cause you to overcome those lusts and desires. And if you don't think any of us, you know, if you think, well, I'm the only one. No, all of us in here do. All of us in here. I was pretty sure I heard Becky the other day mumbling something. I thought something was coming out of her mouth. I'm whoa. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it can happen. It can happen. Amen. And this is what you have to deal with. Praise God. So just because you have desires that are wrong, the only way we know they're wrong is because the Word tells us they're wrong. Of the sin nature, that doesn't mean just you go ahead and do it because you have such a strong feeling to do it. If you go ahead and do it, then you're going to have, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. And cost you big time. <laughs> so he says, stop it. Put it off. So notice it's not God doing it. God take these desires from me. <laughs> it don't work that way. I wish it did. I would pray, if it did, I'd, I'd pray God have, take those wrong desires and all those things away from Kimberly. Don't let her ever go through it again. <laughs> Like the one she's having right now. <laughs> Put it off. Stop it. <laughs> but what are we supposed to do? Put on the new man. Everyone say, "Put on the new man." The the born again man. The love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering, patience, all those things. You're to put it on. And you're to present your body to God, a holy body, every member of your body. Amen? We're not to go and live like the world. So put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. Don't lie. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You have 24, well, you have till sundown to always get the wrath under control. I don't care how angry you get, how mad you get, you have till sundown. I think because if you don't get it down by sundown and you go to bed, the, the enemy is able to keep that seed alive in you. And it just grows in you. Are you here? So he says you have till sundown. Well, what else does he say here? <clears throat> Be ye angry, sin not, let the sun go down upon your wrath. Look at verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. So if we're doing these things, he says you're opening a door. You're opening a door for the devil to come into your lives. I don't know about you. I don't want, want no devil coming in my life. No. So this is why, this is why I 
keep, this is why I uh, guard myself from doing these things. And when I do quit, when I do do these things and fall, I repent. What do you do? I ask God to forgive me and I quit doing it. Stop. Are you here? I don't try to excuse it away. I just go and ask him to forgive me. Put it under the blood. Everyone say under the blood. So notice he says, don't you give place to the devil. So you have, you have the authority not to do that. Let him that stole steal no more. Quit your stealing. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which are good, that he may give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Quit your telling vulgar jokes. Quit your cussing. Quit all those things that you know is wrong. Amen. The F word is not a common word anymore. It's, it's, I mean, it's our culture, but it ain't appropriate for a Christian. Are you here? And neither are some other things. He said, don't let it come out of your mouth, but what are you to do? He says, do, he said, let the communication come out of your mouth, which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. We're supposed to be giving grace to people, help, strength to one another, lifting one another up, not pushing them down. And notice now, so he said, don't give place to the devil. And notice the next verse, 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. So not only are you opening the door when you do these things, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. He wrote this to Christians. Now, and if you'll go back and study and look at the beginning, like Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, he always starts off reminding them and telling them who they are in Christ. Always tells about the spiritual things that Christ did them, and then he starts correcting the natural things. The reason why you cannot do these things, the reason why you can overcome now is why? Because you're a Christian. You're born again. You're righteous. You're holy. All of these things. And he said, and if you continue to do it, then you're considered, you're going to the category, you're carnal. All right? Carnal's going to hurt. It's not going to be good. All right. The last one. It weakens, this is the other thing that I found. It weakens your authority. It'll weaken your authority in prayer. It'll weaken your authority using the name of Jesus. It'll weaken your authority to resist the devil. That's good. It, it weakens. And so you can understand why the devil wants you to always yield to the flesh. Why he wants you to yield to temptations. Why he wants you to, to enter in. Why? Because you're going to find, here's, here's, what I, here's the way I see it. Well, let me read Ephesians 2, then let me expound on it. He says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Notice who were. We're not no no more. Say, I ain't no more. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Have you noticed that before? 
There's a prince of the power of the air. What is he controlling? The ones in this, in this earth. So there, there are spirits that are controlling and manipulating people. And manipulating the culture. Big time. And we're feeling the pressure of it more and more. And I think social media has been something that has really helped push it along. And so according to the prince of the power there, the spirit, notice this, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Who are the children of disobedience? It could be, it could be your, your loved ones. It could be your co-workers. It, though, he's talking about those who have not accepted Jesus Christ. He calls them the children of disobedience. And he says there's a spirit that worketh in them. I know we don't like to, you know, think that way. We want to think that all of our folks and all of our people we associate with, they ain't got no spirit. But the Bible says there's a spirit that's working. There's a spirit that's working. I mean, when you're, you're at your, your, your family, you know, get together and you start to mention something about God or mention something about the Word and all of a sudden you get this pushback, there's a spirit working. He goes on and he says here's <clears throat> among whom also we've had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh. Everyone say lust of the flesh. I don't think sometimes you think you guys got lust in your flesh. But you are. You have it. It's there. Not one amen. Nor, yeah. <laughs> no, it's there. I don't care how good you are. Or how, how, how well you got it together. It's still lurking there. And it wants to gain power back over you if you will permit it. And if you don't know how, to, how not to give it the power again and how to overcome that, it'll control you again. I've seen Christians that got delivered out of things, walked away from things, and then... Five years, ten years later, they're in a worse condition. Back in the same thing. Well, did they not have an experience with God? Yeah, they had an experience with God. But they did not renew their mind. They did not grow in the Lord. They didn't learn. They didn't learn how to resist. They didn't learn how to overcome that. Amen? Amen. And then you have a lot of confused people then. Well, I guess they never were saved. Well, they're just carnal. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, he loved us, but when he, but we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved and has raised us up together. I want to say raised us up. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come you might show the exceeding riches of grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God. So he's talking about before we came into Christ, before while we were yet sinners, while we were the children of disobedience, there was a seat that worked, that seat 
that uh, Christ got for us through redemption. That's the chair always represents authority. That's what the chair represents. It's not, talk, it's not talking about a literal chair. It's talking about a chair of authority, of righteousness, that has been given to every, I believe, that has been given to every single person already here on earth, whether you're saved or unsaved. It belongs to you. Now, the only way that you can possess that chair is through Jesus Christ. When you accept him, then you come and get what's already belonging to you. Now what, you, now what we have to do and what people don't get is that you have to sit in that chair. Sit is, a, is submissive, being submissive to God. Sit is being submissive to the word of God. Submiss, sit is being submissive to his ways. Now, if the devil can tempt you in any way to yield to your flesh, and really, a lot of times what we're saying the devil is not, it's not really even the devil. It's your own flesh that you're having problems with. And if you get control over your own flesh, you wouldn't have a lot of problems. Are you hearing? Amen. What we're, sometimes what we're attributing to be the devil is not the devil at all. It's your flesh. And you've been feeding it. You've been sowing to it. You've been yielding to it. You've been thinking carnally. Thinking worldly. You've been letting things in that shouldn't be coming in, and therefore it comes out. So the chair that we've been given, we have to sit in it. When we sit in it, then we're being submissive to God. Look at James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Notice what the first thing we're to do is submit to God. Now, you may think, well, that's easy. I'm always submissive to God. Then you don't know what submission is. Because submission is not an easy thing to do. You're thinking agreement. I agree. I agree with my spouse. I agree with my friends. I agree with them. Yeah, but what happens when you don't agree? Huh? What happens when you come into something that the Lord says to you and you don't agree with it? Then it becomes what's called submission. Where you have to bring your will in line with the other will. And I don't know about you, but that's not easy sometimes. When you know you're to forgive because they asked you to or what they did. And your flesh is still screaming from it. It's not easy just say, I for, and do it in the right attitude and the right tone. Instead of going, I forgive you. Better not do it again, though. <laughs> right? See, that wasn't submission. And, and that's the same way with God. The things of the Word, where he says, you're just submitting to God is. Oh my gosh, there is so much to submission. It's not just saying I submit to God. You're, you're submitting to his word. You're submitting to the authority over you. You're submitting to the ones who are leading. You're submitting to the authorities of this world, the, the officers. It's, I mean, authority is a wide gamma. And to be able to submit and do what you're supposed to do, that's not always easy. And that takes some fortitude in you to do sometimes. 
Are you here? And so he says, if you're going to submit yourself to God, then you can resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But you cannot resist the devil if you're submitted to the devil. If you're doing things you know are wrong, you know are not right, your heart's convicting you, then, then for you, now you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to turn from that, turn back to God. Then, now you're submitted to God and you're resisting the devil. But you can't tell the devil to go if you're submitting to him. And so the devil, here's what he does. He ha- we have this chair. Here, let me get a chair. Here's this chair. And so we become Christians. We're born again. And in this chair, you have the right to use the name of Jesus. In this chair, when you speak the name, it works. When you're seated in the chair, it works. So the devil can't steal the chair from you. He can't ever come and just say, Joe, I'm claiming your chair now. He can't claim it. He can never claim it from anyone else. The only thing the world, the unbeliever, they've never, they've never made claim of it yet. So as soon as you sit in your chair, then everything that the word says, you're able to, you're able to walk out. You're able now to walk in a place of authority. So if I can't steal the chair from you, then what's going to be the best, the next best thing? I'm going to try to tempt you to get up out of the chair. I'm, trying to, I'm going to try to bring your old ways back or your old buddies. Or I'm going to try to bring something new in front of you and flash it in front of you. Or I'm going to try to, however, I'm going to try to do something to get you up out of your chair and chasing after it instead of chasing after God. And as soon as you get up out of your chair... It's, you know, I've likened it this way. It's like the police officer, as soon as he crosses boundaries, crosses the state line or crosses county, he gets out of his jurisdiction. As soon as he gets out of his jurisdiction, he, you know, you, you, we all know the old proverbial, you're driving along, you see the bubbles coming up in the back of, in your rearview mirror. And so you're hitting the brakes, and, you know, and you're slowing down, a little nervous, and then all of a sudden you get up and you see it's an out-of-state cop. What do you do? Put on the cruiser and take off. All right, that's what I do. Why? He's out of his jurisdiction. He does, his authority is not going to work here. He's still a cop. He's still a police officer. He still has all the guns and the badges and everything. But it don't work here. Not in this jurisdiction. It's the same way with the the Christian. He gets out of his jurisdiction. He gets over into darkness. He gets over into sin. He gets over into these areas. Guess what? Not going to work. Are you any less? No, you're no less. You just got to be seated. You got to stay in your chair. So those are the three things I'm telling you why we need to keep out of following the world. We need to guard against that. Are you here? Amen. And I'm gonna, I'll be honest with you. Young kids, 
Youth, the Bible talks about there being youthful lust. You have more things. It's harder. But you can overcome. Timothy overcome. But if you don't think, if you don't think that the, the, there's things against you, you better wake up. If you don't think there's a, there's a warfare going on right now, if, we're not trying, if the devil's not trying to conform us, you better wake up. Because I ain't going to be conformed. We're here to shine the light. We're, we're here to stand for righteousness and holiness. Amen. Stand for God. Why? Because there's peace and life in that. Amen. Let's stand up. Take these scriptures. Look at them. Study them on, study them on out. Let the, let the Lord show you some things. Amen. Because every one of us are dealing with this in some way. Every one of us. Amen. Listen, we're not going, we're not going out judging. And we're not trying to judge. But we're not going to be conformed to it either. And we're going to be there to help. Help others to get out from underneath. Get out of that darkness. Can I read one more scripture? This is one I've been looking at. Reading it. I've been reading out the Message Bible. And... Um, almost dare not read it because it's just so bold this is 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 and and it's out of the message I'm going to read it don't you realize that this is not the way to live unjust people who don't care about God will not be joining in his kingdom those who use and abuse each other use and abuse sex use and abuse the earth and everything in it don't qualify as citizens in God's kingdom. A number of you know from experience that I'm talking what I'm talking about. For not so long ago, you were on that list. Since then, you have been cleaned up and given a fresh start by Jesus, our Master, our Messiah, and by our God present in us, the Spirit. Just because something is technically legal don't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. So it doesn't matter if they legalize marijuana. You ain't started smoking over in Colorado, have you? (laughs) I take that as a no. (laughs) If I went around doing whatever I thought could be, whatever whatever I thought I could get by with, I'd be a slave to my own whims. You know the old saying, First you eat to live, uh, we might skip this one. First you eat to live, and then you live to eat. Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that's no excuse for stuffing your body with food or indulging it with sex. Since the master honors you with body, with a body, honor him with your body. God honored the master's body by raising it from the grave. He'll treat yours with the same resurrection power. Until that time, remember that your bodies are created with the same dignity as the master's body. You wouldn't take the master's body off to a whorehouse, would you? I should hope not. 
There's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As written in scripture, the two are become one. Since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever, the kind of sex that can never become one. I told Kimberly, I said, listen to that part, leaving us more lonely. Pursuing that leaves you more lonely. You didn't know these, you didn't know how juicy it could get in the Bible, did you? There is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies that were made for God-given and God-modeled love for becoming one with another. Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, that place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God and through God in and through your body. Amen. I don't think I have to expound on that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 